Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we will discuss everything from boxing-related info to living life outside the ring, hosted by 2008 Olympic medalist, former undefeated professional boxer, and owner of Boxing Burn Gyms, coming to you from Los Angeles, California, Tony Jeffries. Hello and welcome back to the Boxing Life Podcast, this is episode 3. The first two episodes got great responses, especially the first one where I compare Sunderland, where I used to live, to where I currently live in Los Angeles. That got a, a very good response. The second podcast I did just last week with heavyweight boxer David Price, Olympic bronze medalist from the same Olympics as me, a top professional fighter. He's a uh, He's going to do some uh, big things in in heavyweight boxing. I'm, I can guarantee you that. And uh, he looked like he took a bit of my advice about using Twitter and social media, because he tweeted Tyson Fury back, called him a silly bastard, and said when he when he fights him, he's going to iron him out. <laughs> so nice one, Pricey. I was over over the moon when I seen that, mate. And this this podcast, I'm going to be talking about my trip home, what things have changed, and especially on, in, in my life. Because last time I was at home, I was a well-known fighter, and I was in the public eye at this time. And when I went to a boxing show, a matchroom boxing show, that was shown on Sky Sports, and my experience there, how much that had changed since I'd last been there. When I was last time I was in a boxing show that was on Sky Sports, I was the main one of the main stars of the show. To this time, when I was sitting at the back. Also, want to mention a few things about happiness and about life, and if tell a few little stories here and there, which got great responses from me from my first podcast when I was telling the stories about me Levi's and and me blacklist experiences. So, with us not being home for two and a half years, when I got back, everyone was expecting us to speak like an American, and as you can hear from the accent, far from it. But but when I I flew from. Los Angeles to London, then London and Newcastle. When I arrived in London, we went to some restaurant there. I needed the toilet, so I went and asked the, asked the lady, I said, excuse me, where's the restroom? And she looked at us all like, funny, she went, what? I said, where's the restroom? She went, you mean the toilet? I went, oh, shit. I went, yeah, the toilet. She went, oh, it's down there. <laughs> and so I was there. I landed, literally, I'd been there for 15 minutes in the UK, and already someone was... Correct the meal, American lingo. <laughs> Two and a half years ago, I mean, by by no means was I famous and and that popular, but I, I was pretty well known and uh, especially in the boxing community, and I would get recognised here and there, even in London. So when I went to the gate, I was, it's, I started to sit there and I was thinking, I wonder if people still recognise us. Because last time I was in the exact same gate, flying to Newcastle, people people would recognise us and they would get pictures or or they'd come and talk to us about me boxing career. So I'm sitting there looking at people and thinking, do they recognise us? I mean, it's weird me talking about this now, but this is just a weird feel. I'm being as honest as I can, and I, and I was. This is how I was feeling, and people, the, the never. And to to be honest, didn't feel very good. I suppose I brought back memories of when I was fighting and, and when I was doing very well with, with the fighting and, and stuff. From, from being well-known to feeling like no one knew who you were. After, uh, did I feel like a failure? I, I maybe did feel like, shit, look, I've, I've went really backwards in life because I was, I was, felt like I was on, on a pedestal when, when, I, when I was doing so well and, and then when I, when I come back to the UK and, and no one even knew who I was, it was 
it was it was weird. It really was. Uh, but then I flew up Newcastle and I landed in Newcastle Airport and then drive uh, walking through to get my bags and then I got I got recognised then and it was like wow, shit, someone's recognised us. And then when I got back to Sunderland, a couple of days after I went to the town, the Sunderland town with me. Niece and nephew were with Jane and Leon. Then, uh, as we were walking through the through the bridges uh, in Sunderland, the, the shopping centre, some bloke had a, a stall there with T-shirts on, football tops, and he asked us to sign one. And then I got pictures with people, uh, and I'm not going to lie, it felt really good. It really did. With me being away for so long, and I, no one knows why I'm in LA apart from my friends and the people who come to the gym. To being back. At home for the first time since I retired, uh, a lot's changed mentally with us. When I last time I was in the northeast of England, I was on the highest of heights. Uh, I, I, I had surgery on my hands. I was expecting them to get better and get back on with me, with me career. Where I was ten fights undefeated as a professional boxer. I had some big fights lined up, and I was hoping to be fighting George Groves for a huge fight in the stadium. Like that was that was my goal. Uh, so I went from from all from all that great them great things what was happening to the lowest of lows I retired I had zero income I've got no qualifications the only thing I know is boxing that's all I've did since I was 10 years old and I never did any exams at school which I'm not proud of so so the, the only thing I've got is boxing so when that ended it was horrible I remember when I came to LA when I was in LA I, I thought somebody misses I says what the hell am I going to do because LA is expensive to live then, and I've, I've saved money up from from me box, and I was living off me savings. So uh, uh, the, the fitness industry is, like I say, boxing's all I know. So I thought the fitness industry being massive over in LA, that's probably the best thing for us to get into. So I, I looked online and I looked for jobs, and I seen there was a job going at a, at a gym called. 24-hour fitness, it paid like $10 an hour, so I applied for it, I had an interview, my first interview in my life, I put a suit on, I got, I made a resume up, and I got all nervous, and I, and I remember I went in this, this gym, this 24-hour fitness, all nervous, hands sweaty, I didn't, didn't know what I expect, and I'm sitting there, and there's a, there's a bloke, the manager of the gym, he's one of these blokes if you can imagine all swerve thinking he's really good looking think you can see he's got a, a bit of power in there and he's leaning back on his seat with his legs crossed uh with his hands behind his head like looking at us like as if to see all right what have you got so i'm like all right mate uh, so I've, I've got i've got this and I, I did have a personal training qualification what i did uh when i was still in england uh when i was recovering it's like i don't know it's not not not, not a massive one but I said, I've got this, mate, uh, and I had me Olympic medal in my bag with us. I remember. I thought that might edge him to see I've got experience as an Olympian. I said, he's me Olympic medal, and he didn't seem to give a shit. And he was just like, ah, oh, right, right, right. He, he wasn't impressed by 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 me Olympic medal. That's what he felt like, which made me feel even worse, and felt like I didn't know what I was doing, and this is not for me. Anyway, I left and I got on the call with with with, with me missus and it, it was a, it was a sad time and then I never <laughs> I never got the job and I was like shit what the f, f am I going to do don't want to swear too much because I know my niece uh, Jane listens to this uh, thinking I can't even get a job in this little small time gym 
gutted, absolutely gutted, and I emailed the bloke and I says, uh, why did I not get the job? Is there any advice you can give us or, or, or for when I go for f- next interviews? And he emailed us back saying uh, we we picked someone who was a lot more qualified than you. And uh, and that was it, that really knocked me plugging. I've got a, f- a good good friend over here, Paul Kane. He said, oh, there's, there's, there's a gym in Santa Monica, you can... Maybe go and try try that gym. They've got a little boxing program going down the, on there. Um, so I went there and I thought, with it being boxing a boxing program, that that suits me rather than being in a in a gym teaching people how to lift weights and all that. So a few days later, I got the job in the gym in this little basement in Santa Monica, teaching boxing. And I never realised at the time it was a blessing in disguise that I I got this job and not the first job with that suave knobhead of a manager in 24 Fitness because this is where I met my current business partner now, Kevin Watson and since then me and Kevin left that gym for whatever reasons we started a boot camp down in the Santa Monica Beach we had a Mickey Rock actor as an investor in our new venture, our new gym that we were going to open Mickey Rock Never ended up working out. Uh, in my first podcast, we talked about that and go in detail why Mickey Rock's not an investor, which talked about how it's the best thing ever. So now it's just me and Kevin. We've got the gym in Santa Monica, a gym in Brentwood, and they're both going really, really well now. Anyway, back back to me time when I was being at home. I went to a boxing show in Leeds to watch Brian Rose fight. It was a big TV show, Sky Sports uh, match room. Brian Rose, a good friend of mine. I've knew Brian since I was an amateur boxer, since when I was a junior when I won the Europeans. Brian got a bronze medal there. He was a he was a real good fighter. And then when I turned pro, I was training with Joe Gallagher in Manchester, and I left Joe Gallagher after my first fight. I went to train with Bobby Rimmer, and Bobby Rimmer trained Brian Rose, so we met up again, and it was great. We become close friends again. Uh, I helped Brian get sponsorships with CMP and. Uh, I got him on my undercards when I was fighting in big shows in Sunderland on TV and all that. And then the little knobhead never even got me tickets for his fight when he fought down there. I thought he did. I thought we were going to be ringside on the matchroom show. Uh, I mean, it's just something that, you, that I would expect. But but no, uh, my friend Tony Burden bought us some tickets. They were like £40 tickets right back in the bleachers, right at the top, right at the back where you need some binoculars to see the fights. Last time I was at a boxing show like this, I was fighting, and then after the fight, I was sitting ringside and getting interviewed and 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 that sort of thing. Every time I went to a boxing show, the, the promoters would be getting us there and getting us at the ringside. To uh, so so from that to be sitting at the back at the top, that that really really was hard. It really was. It made us feel like like I was a failure. And to be honest, it was it was hard mentally. It hurt us. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, everyone I know is round there on the, on the, on the ringside of this at this fight, and it felt a bit weird. And the longer the show went on, the the harder it was. I was I was sitting there. I was I was gutted about everything. I was gut, felt gutted about life. Like I said, I seen everyone at ringside when I'm sitting right at the back. One of my mates, Coogan Cassius, who does the I Phil in London interviews, um, who said he's going to come on this podcast sometime. I texted him, I said, Cook, can you sort us out some ringside tickets? I'm sitting at the back. He texted back, saying, what the hell are you doing sitting up there? He said, definitely come down, mate. So I, I went down and he got his ringside. But by that time, Brian had already fought and and uh, the show was n- nearly over. So 
and not just made us feel like shite and it killed me experiences at, at the fights and I never enjoyed them be, because of this and I'm not being big-headed or, or, or being like I should be at the front I should be ringside because you know who I am or anything like that it's just I've boxed since I was 10 years old that's all I've knew that's all I ever wanted to do and then we're, we're getting taken away from us when it wasn't my fault after I'd built myself up so high and, and being at the top of my game it was just very hard to get dragged back down because like I said the last time I was there things were great and I, I suppose I just expected that to happen and I went from having a great career to, to not having no boxing career it was tough going to, going, to, going to the fight and I don't think I would go to another fight in Britain I'm, I'm seeing that I'm seeing that I, I probably will I'm, I'm really thinking about it now and it's 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 getting us riled up and getting us, getting us pretty emotional now just sitting thinking about it Thinking about it and thinking about how life changes. Another thing what, what, what I'm going to talk about now is why I'm being all negative and blah, 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 down all that. I may as well, because I've got me notes to talk about. Is uh, when I was at my mum's house, she's got all my interviews that I did on the news and, and Sky things from all the years on her Sky Plus. So she went, oh, Chas, let's watch some of these. So I, I put one on. I had to turn it off. It was... Uh, and that was another thing I brought back memories. Just like when I was at the fights, that brought back the memories of, of of my life back then. And I'm thinking now maybe what I'm doing in LA is I, I must be. I've just blocked that part of my life out, which is pretty sad because it, it was it was an amazing part of my life. But I really can't mentally go back to that part of my life if that makes sense because it it upsets us. Uh, for for whatever reasons it upsets us, so I'm thinking now that's probably why I I, ca I can't go back to that part of my life with the, with the boxing and watch them videos and go to boxing fights and and that sort of thing. Life's weird how it, how it goes in different directions. When I was back, back at home, uh, I I spent like eighty percent of my time with me niece and nephew. Uh, I'll. I love them. I love them so much. Uh, Leon and Jane, and then me other niece Kate, who was still shy. Uh, we've done all sorts of things with them. I even I went to Wet and Wild. Wet and Wild's a water park in in the UK. That <laughs> that after after well, I tweeted out saying I'm going to go. I went in, and when I came back out, and I put on Facebook, uh, I sent I put a post a picture, and when I came came back out. I had all these messages on, on the picture. Oh, I post on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. All these messages of loads of people saying, don't go there, uh, that place shut down because it's got, it's rumoring with diseases or some shit, like people were getting sick when they were going there. So when I came out, I found out that it's been in the news, that, that, it, that it had been all bad and got bad reviews. So the damage was done. <laughs> no, not really. I asked the woman in there what 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 the score was. What all these people telling us not to do go here, but she said it was like a few months ago. They had a clean out since then. They spent millions on it. Uh, so I so it was great to spend time with me, me, me niece and, and nephew Liam and Jane and, and Kate, uh, and I'm, I really miss, I really miss them. They're, they're, them them two kids, well, the three of them. Mainly Leon and Jane, because kids still shy, is the, is one of the, the things that I miss most about about the UK. I really miss them so so much. 
And I, I really want them to come over here and live over here. I want everyone to come over here in Elliot and live here because life is so so much better. Uh, and I, I always thought about how life is is better in Elliot, but. I've, I've just thought right now as I'm speaking, maybe I think it is better because of what I was just saying earlier on about how I can't go back to my life before mentally, if that makes sense. So maybe because I can't go back mentally to that part of my life, that's why my life now is so, so much better. Either that or it's the sun and work wearing shorts and T-shirt every day. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to tell you this story. Like, my dad will probably not be happy that uh, that that I'm telling this story, but... So, uh, but you'll probably not not see it, not not listen to this, not unless someone tweets him or messages him and tells him to listen to it. So I've I've never spoke to my dad for uh, since I left England. We had a, a falling out. I'll not get into that uh, when I retired from boxing. We had a, a falling out. We've always arguing and all that. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we start emailing backwards and forwards, and uh, then I've never spoke to him like like in person over the phone or. Or anything apart from like the, just emails. Uh, so when I got back, I seen him, and it was it was amazing. It was great to to speak to me dad because I was close to him when uh, when I was when I was coming up as a boxer. He, he was the one who took us to the gym every day, forced us to the gym. He he was the one. He he said basically, if you don't go to the gym, you you're not playing out with your friends. So I had to go to the gym. I had to box, and he's the one who I thank for. Army boxing career, uh, so it was great to, to speak to him and, and, and get back on talking terms with him and 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 that. And my dad, my dad owns a pub in Sunderland called the Cavalier uh, in, in Silksworth. So well, I was going there a few nights uh, while I was at home, uh, drinking beer and going with my mates. And, and my dad was there. And there was this one night, my dad was there and we got pretty drunk, like. A few of these mates, a few of my mates, and we're having a right laugh. It was really, really funny. Uh, and one, one of my friends, one of my old trainers, Sean Casey, has been growing his beard for a year <laughs> for for a charity event. He's grown his beard for a year. So somehow, we, we when we're getting drunk, and if you're American, listen to this. Uh, uh, when, when English men get drunk together, it's completely different to when Americans get drunk together. Shit happens, weird shit happens, funny shit happens. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you've drunk with an Englishman before, or an Irishman, you, you'll know about this. So anyway, we're in, we're, in, we're in these pub drinking all, getting drunk and getting rowdy and laughing and carrying on. And with, with Sean there with his big beard, and somehow we got talking, like, Sean was like, oh, you wouldn't grow your beard for, for to me dad, like, for a year, you couldn't do it, and my dad's like, oh, I wouldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And somehow, I can't remember how we got to it, but, like, we says, let's shave your eyebrows off to me dad. And he's like, oh, I'd shave my eyebrows off, I want 200 quid. 200 quid, I'll shave my eyebrows off. And me dad's, me dad's doesn't need 200 quid. He's doing all right uh, financially. So I was like, nah, not a chance will he shave his eyebrows off. So I went, me and me, me, Tony Burden, me best mate, Tony Burden, we're there. And uh, we said, all right then. He'll give you 100 quid, I'll give you 100 quid if you shave your eyebrows off. He went, all right, put the money on the table. Slap his hand on the desk. Put the money on the table. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll shave my eyebrows off for 200 quid. So I went, Dad, looked him in the eye. I'm not supporting him for that long. I went, Dad, give me your word, we're all drunk, that you'll do that for 200 quid. So he looks at it, he went, all right then, shook my hand, 
right? So me and Tony, I never had any cash on us. I had some cards. So we went to the cash point, uh, we bought some shavers, just come back to the pub, and uh, we put the Tony on the table. There you go, Jaffa Senior. There's your 200 quid. Get them shaved off. He said, fuck off, I'm not shaving my eyebrows off, you daft bastards. As if, as if I would shave my eyebrows off, I've got, I've got businesses to run, I've got this to run. I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. So I pulled him to the side and I looked at him seriously. <laughs> I looked him in the eye. I went, Dad, considering I've not really sported him for two years, I went, <laughs> I went Dad, You've just given us your word. <laughs> I'm all serious. <laughs> Dad, you've just given us your word that you'll shave your eyebrows off. And I've just went and got the money out of the guy. So he's like, oh, all right, then I will. <laughs> oh, I can't stop laughing thinking about it. So we went in the toilets, and there's like 10 brooms <laughs> And he's... He's there to shave his eyebrows off. God, if he didn't look bad enough before, no, then he looked terrible. So I know I had boxing events to go to and and this and that and uh, and it cost us two hundred quid. Well, it cost me hundred quid, Tony hundred quid, but it was it was money, it was money well spent because I know I know that he really really didn't wanna didn't want to shave them off, but at the same time, he'd already give us his word and shook me hand, and he, did, he didn't want to let us down. <laughs> so I felt bad for for, do, for for making him go through it, but at the same time, uh, it was worth it, and, uh, and it was really funny, and it's making us laugh now, just thinking about it, so so it was worth it, and I would do it all again. He <laughs> bloody hell. Um, so overall, my trip one was good, great to see everyone. Um, and it was great to eat some English food. I didn't realise how much I missed the food. Bloody hell. I mean, the bacon is a big thing. I love the bacon. Their bacon's not... It's a lot different in America to England. Uh, bacon sandwiches, I, the, the full English breakfast. Cannot beat them. Cannot beat them. Uh, and I, and I, for the first time, I really think now the food is better in England than it is in America. I think that might have something to do with, with, uh, with the culture and with the way I've been brought up, that I like English food better. Whatever it is, I do. I love it better over there. I put eight pound on in twelve days. That's how much I love it. <laughs> and I think that the drinking the beer uh, in my dad's pub as well that that had something to do with it. I think that's going to be it for this podcast. Um, I've got a few things to ask you. If you've enjoyed it, please share it on your Facebook or Twitter or whatever you or whatever you're listening on through. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, me, me Facebook search for Tony Jeffries. Uh, me, me Twitter, Tony underscore Jeffries. Then also me Instagram, the same. Please give us some feedback. Um, hashtag Boxing Life. If you've got anything to, to, to ask us, I'll check that. I'll check that often, the hashtag Boxing Life. And, uh, and that's about it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, it's me, the American guy again. Thank you for listening to the Boxin' Life podcast. Subscribe and please use hashtag Boxin' Life on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with any questions. <laughs>